Hello and welcome to Eating Between the Lines. I am your host, Therese Martinez, and I am so happy to have you here. If you want to untangle yourself from diet culture conditioning and get appropriate, actionable options to nourish your unique life and body, I'm going to dive deep into the nuanced spectrum of health to help you figure out what to prioritize in your journey without getting trapped in the extreme ideology of health optimization or total complacency. I am here to help you apply the science effectively, not rigidly, and get you feeling better in your body and mind. Here is how to eat between the lines. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I am very excited to introduce Marcy Bowman. Marcy is a licensed massage therapist since 2005, a neurolinguistics master practitioner, a timeline therapy practitioner, and a therapeutic hypnotherapist since 2022. She has also just recently become a precision nutrition coach. She loves health and fitness and is an avid gym junkie and health motivator. She is childless by choice, and she and her husband love to travel and scuba dive. We actually were just talking a little bit about that. Sounds intriguing. (laughs) A little nerve-wracking to me. Um, Marcy, welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. Very good. Thanks. Well, um, as we were kind of talking about, I am particularly interested in diving into what you do to help folks through their um, journeys, getting through some past trauma. And I don't know, you have this quote on your website that said, once you stop letting your past control your present, your future will seem limitless. And I am just really curious to dive into the methodologies and modalities that you use, um, particularly as a neuro-linguistics practitioner, but honestly, kind of curious to dive into the other methods that you use too and apply. So first, talk to us a little about your journey around what you do and what you got into this field. Okay. So, uh... I started studying for um, like my neurolinguistics practitioner certificate. And when I, when I went into it, I, I really didn't know you can go into many different fields with this or niches or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But um, once I started getting into it, I knew that through the stuff that I went through in my own health journey, that I wanted to help other women do what I did and, and do it more easily. Cause it took me a really long time to, find all the people and do all the steps and try all the things. So once I did this, there was no doubt in my mind that I wanted to work with women who want to work on improving their bodies. I mean, most would say that they want to lose weight, but some believe it or not, some women want to gain weight and some Mm -hmm. people just want to change their body composition. Mm -hmm. So, um, neurolinguistics is essentially it's your neurology, your listening and your behavior. And so when I bring on a client, what we do is we do a really deep dive into your personal history. And the reason that we do that is because it shows me who you modeled your life after and what you kind of went through and what you saw and who programmed you, so to speak, Mm -hmm. when you were coming up. 
because they say from, you know, like the third trimester to age seven, that's when you're being programmed for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. And a lot of people think, oh, the kids can't hear or they're not paying attention. It doesn't matter. They're still being programmed. So if you're, you know, a mom, you know, my mom wasn't like this, but you know, a lot of people who I, a lot of the women who I work with say, you know, I always saw my mom, she didn't want to be in any pictures. She was always, oh, I'm so fat, you know, always like trying to cover up and like all that kind of thing. You're teaching your daughter how to be and how to, you know, be proud of her body or not be mm-hmm. proud of her body. Um, you know, there's a lot of fathers out there who would make comments to mothers. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's all of that. And so we do the deep, deep dive into your personal history. I learn about your family and those really close around you. I learn who you modeled your life after. And I, I learned just how you speak and how you listen to things and how your perspective and how you hear things and how those things make you feel. And we do a couple of different processes along the way. Um, I know we talked about like timeline therapy and that was of interest to you. For some reason, I really find that it, it's not as popular in the United States. Hmm. More people I follow are doing it like in the UK. It's more just popular though. I'm not really sure why. And what's, what's timeline therapy? So timeline therapy is where we use, um, our active imaginations. So think about it. You're, you're sitting in your living room and it's quiet and you're just, you go off into a daze and you start daydreaming about a situation or something that happened or whatever. And you're just thinking about it. You're using your active imagination. This is not woo woo stuff. Mm -hmm. So this is what we do is we, we do a process to go to your past And we kind of, like I always tell my clients, it's almost like you're the ghost of you flying over your past going, and we will help you get rid of all the, you know, negative emotions that you have felt in your Mm -hmm. past that like, maybe you're holding on to these things. You know, I had, I had chronic migraines. That was something I suffered with for a long time. And when I did my, my breakthrough session in my master practitioner, it really came down to, and I didn't realize this. I still had a lot of anger from when my parents got divorced. I was five, Mm. five years old. And I think just holding on to that anger for so many years and just kind of, and not even realizing it. I love my parents, Yeah, but just the decisions that they made. And, you know, dad was absent a lot. Mom worked a lot that I really held on to that. And you don't think you're holding on to it, but you are. And though being through that just taught me a lot about, you know, I was being programmed, that, yeah. you know, men leave and this is how you're treated and like all these kinds of things. And it would just, it built on me and I had chronic migraines for many, many years, like 12 to 15 a month. Hmm. And so when we did the timeline therapy and we did this, it's active imagination and you go back in the timeline of your life and you, you get rid of these negative emotions, you know, anger, fear, hurt, sadness, like all the major ones. And then any ones that you mention you know, in our intake, a hundred percent of women who I've worked with, when we are done with that, they feel two things, um, which are, they feel exhausted, almost like they're time traveling. Cause you're really trying to imagine it. And you're really trying to paint the picture of you being there. But all of them say, I feel so much lighter. Hmm. Like it's literally like 10 pounds dropped off of you from just letting junk from the past go. Hmm. You, you take the, the emotion, you look at it. Okay. I was hurt in the past. And then you, you know, you acknowledge, okay, this is what it is. These things happen to me. And then we, we teach you to let it go. 
And mm. so it's like, that's in the past. I don't have to carry this with me anymore. So that is part of timeline. The other part is, you know, we can create your future. We can essentially say, what are these things that you want? Is it that you, you know, you want to do a bodybuilding competition maybe. And so we will put the things in your timeline by having you do an active imagination and having you visualize every part playing up to that. You are going to the gym and you're eating your chicken right. rice and like doing all the things, but it's, it's your envisioning everything that goes along with it. You know, you could do it for, you know, being a certain body size. I want to finally lose this hundred pounds. I want this job. I, I want to find the perfect partner. You know, I want to travel, like whatever it is, you have to envision it and you get really, 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 really specific on what it is you want. And you think about that every single day hmm. and you put it, you say, okay, this is going to be in, you know, July of 2024, I'm going to take this trip of a lifetime and you know, whatever. It can't be dependent on something else that somebody else. Does. Totally. Totally. Like, it's not like you can be like, and my fiance is going to propose like, right. That's right. <laughs> that's out of your right. control. Um, but you are really, um, you're taking these specific things, you know, like the one girl, she wanted to lose all this weight and go on vacation with her husband. Well, what's important to you about the vacation? Well, I want to be in my bathing suit, not worry about how I look. Well, what color is the bathing suit? Is it a print? Is it solid? Is it blue? Is it red? You know, what else are you wearing? Where are you staying? Are you in Mexico? Are you in Puerto Rico? Like, are you in Ireland? Like every single thing. And so you create that part of your future and you can do it with really small things too. It doesn't have to be something huge, but I, we, in timeline therapy, we teach you how to put those things literally in your timeline. And so with timeline therapy, are you utilizing like, um, skills from neurolinguistics or is it totally kind of separate? It's really, it's really separate. They are actually two separate certificates. Mm. I mean, they, they do bode well together, but it is completely different created by two different methodologies. Mm. Um, they just really go well together and they, they just, they blend well together. But, um, timeline therapy is a thing of its own. It is something that, you know, I have a, a, a random client right now. Um, I'm a licensed massage therapist, have been for 18 years and I have a client that's getting ready to run a race. She's very nervous. She's, she's been working really hard at it, but she's just not, she doesn't have a runner's body. She, it's not natural to her. And we've been working about what are you going to wear? You know, what is your goal time? What you're going to eat that day before the race? All of these things. We did it once with her before and she crushed it. Hmm. But it's so you're just, you're putting it out there because your unconscious mind Oh it's gosh. Always yes, it's always listening, but it doesn't know what's real and what's not. Yeah. So if you tell your unconscious mind, I'm gonna run this race and I'm gonna finish it in 35 minutes, and I can see that timer clock when I, you know, cross the line, and this is what I wore, and these are all the miles I ran to get to that. You're telling yourself, and it's you're saying it, you're journaling it, you're writing it, you're mm. telling a friend, and you're manifesting it, and your unconscious mind is gonna start pulling things in from all parts of people you yeah. cross and places you go to make that happen. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of um, manifestation techniques that I've been like hearing, learning about a little bit more yeah. and more. Yeah. Um, and then also even just like growing up an athlete, like visualization going into athletics is like so powerful. I know that they use that all the time with sports psychology. And so it's like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I like it too. It's, um, I think the, 
the concrete uh, application of like the organization of yeah. reiteration day in, day out and having the therapy as something that is, I don't know, just ever present is a way to reinforce the practice, right? Versus, yes. so I yes. think that people, I think a lot of people kind of, they might, they might have an idea that that is beneficial. I mean, I know that I've heard that to a certain degree with, um, I don't know, self-growth podcasts yeah. or other, you know, folks. And it's like, okay. Or even just like daily journaling. It's like, yeah, we sort of know this, but it's a different, it seems like it's a different kind of intention behind it when it's a little bit more, not like regulated, but sort of like if you have someone working with you, it seems like it would be much more powerful and yeah. like hold a higher accountability. Do you find and, that? And that's it right there is a lot of people are like, oh, I've done journaling before and nothing happens or I don't know what to write mm -hmm. or I got a book on manifestation. It's like, but you're not checking in with the book once a week and the book isn't giving you, well, the book could give you homework, but if you don't do the homework, there's no one to be right. like, what happened? Mm -hmm. And why did you not do this? And is this part of the deeper issue? Mm -hmm. And like your procrastination, what else is, what else are we saying by you procrastinating on this, you know, certain thing, but it's like, you know, just like you said, in like athletics, would you go and, you know, be on like a varsity baseball team, but you've never practiced, you practice once a month. It's the same thing with visualization and timeline therapy. If you only mm -hmm. do it once or like, every once in a while, what I remember, mm -hmm. uh, it's probably not going to work. It has to be a non-negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So for me, like, you know, I have my journal, I keep it on my coffee table and in the mornings I do a little journaling and I do a little bit of meditation and it helps clear my mind out, but it also helps me just uber focus mm -hmm. on, on what I want and what I'm moving towards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to back it up a little bit here to kind of review a, more of your, your own personal journey into yeah. the, into all of this essentially, and break down a little bit of, I know that you had some, some health concerns and yeah. different types of interventions that weren't working. What happened? Yeah. There? So, um, you know, kind of like everybody else, you get out of high school and you, randomly just start gaining weight. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but no, I, I, I definitely started gaining weight. I was never taught in my life what's healthy, what's not, what are good portion sizes, like that kind of thing. Um, I started getting chronic migraines probably like five or six years after, after high school, I started gaining weight and it kind of, it was a yo-yo, even though I was working really hard and doing all these spin classes. And it just was like, why can't I not lose weight? Like what the heck? Um, I was a, you know, a big runner running, like ran my life. And I was probably at one of my heaviest weights when I was running half marathons. Hmm. And I still remember I had a coach that was like, we just ran 10 miles today. You can eat whatever you want. And I was like, awesome. No, mm -hmm. that is not true. <laughs> no yeah. one, no one told me like what to eat and when that there was timing and like all that kind of stuff that's, you know, kind of advanced down the road. But, um, you know, I met my, my husband, uh, and he is actually, a an IFBB pro, which is a pro bodybuilder. He's no longer competing or anything like that, but he already had these habits down of like mm -hmm. eating and when to eat and all that kind of stuff. And he showed me so much, but no matter what I did, I just kept hitting this wall. Like I just couldn't get past a certain weight and it was really, really frustrating. I actually hired a coach to help me get ready for our wedding. 
And um, I did lose weight, but it was not in the healthiest way. Mm -hmm. I was starving. I was starving. Mm -hmm. I was over exercising and I just wanted to look good for my wedding. And I did. And I looked exactly how I wanted to look for my wedding, but boy, did that do more damage. It did so much more damage to me. And so the years went on and I just felt like I keep hitting this wall and now the migraines are even worse and all these things. So I actually hired uh, another coach, a better coach. It was actually somebody that my husband referred me to. His name's Alan Kress. Um, And he does more like functional nutrition and he does a lot with, you know, not only blood work, which is really important to find out like, Hey, where are your hormones? Like what's Mm -hmm. going on? But we did something called a Dutch test, which is um, Mm -hmm. dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. That was way more informative than any of the blood tests I had ever done because I'm some of the blood, like most of the blood tests, it looked like I was pretty good. So why am I having this like weight loss resistance? Uh, He actually came back and he was like, well, you are the poster child for PCOS. Like you are the Mm. exactly like you are PCOS. And he was like, I've actually never seen all three of your estrogens, like picture, like a gas gauge, they were all like Mm. maxed out. And so, you know, it took a protocol with him and he's very experienced and I would never recommend just randomly doing this stuff, but it was a protocol with him where, you know, I had to lower my cortisol levels. We found out my cortisol levels was like, Mm -hmm. like crashing. Uh, so, you know, I couldn't do any more hot yoga. I couldn't lift any more heavy weights. I couldn't do high intensity cardio. I couldn't run. I could walk, walk and lift what I called baby weights. Mm -hmm. get all of that under control, you know, along with supplements that he, you know, suggested and just really trying to bring my stress down, making sure I had good sleep. Um, and we really alleviated a lot of the symptoms. And then after many, many weeks, this is not a fast process. Um, you know, we kind of started saying, okay, we can ramp things up and see how it goes. And I I did really well after that, but it wasn't until I did my, my breakthrough session with my master practitioner that it was in that day. I, I want to say it was like July 29th that I did that. And I let all of that stuff from my past go. And I've really not had a migraine since. Wow. I, I think it was though, it was just the, the lineup of things <laughs> that led to that. You know, it was, a, you know, working with Alan for so long, working on, you know, I had cleaned up my diet so much before him. So then when I got to him, um, it was really fine tuning things and really digging deep into mm-hmm. my, my deep health. Um, and it, you know, it, it's, you just have to like sift through the crap. Yeah. You are not gonna, if you have like deep health problems or anything like that, you're not going to find the answer super quick. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to take you a minute. <laughs> it's so interesting. So then looking back on that, I mean, especially with the wonky hormones, the high cortisol, and then kind of working to balance things out a little bit yeah. through these interventions. In addition to the therapy, the, um, the therapy noting the, what you were holding on to, I'm just kind of curious around like the, the underlying stress, like that was potentially wreaking havoc on systems in your body. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I would almost be curious if like you had the, the breakthrough prior to meeting with um, the practitioner to see like just what would have happened naturally Uh with the body. But like it also, I mean, it's all interconnected, right? So I'm sure that all of like doing the 
doing it all together catalyzed the process. Yeah. To a degree, but it was all within like a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's just kind of curious. Do you, do you, what do you think about that? Like if there are, um, I, I, you know, it's a really good question. I would be really interested to see what had happened. Like if maybe if I hadn't met with my coach and done all those testing and just went through like the NLP mm-hmm. um, and the timeline therapy and the hypnotherapy and everything. Um, I still think that there was so many, like even like if I took all my stress out, I still think I, I did need the help of mm-hmm. just like a, a coach that like, okay, we, we have to take care of these things. You need to supplement this. You need to bring this sense mm-hmm. more like physical stuff. I mm-hmm. do think, I think the NLP alone would have been beneficial, yeah. but for me, I just always look at it as it was building blocks. And that is what took me to doing the NLP and to understanding it differently and to understanding mm-hmm. that like, it's not just linear and like cut and dry, Yeah, that everybody is so different. And that's part of NLP is everybody's perception of everything is so incredibly mm-hmm. different that, you know, when I worked with my coach, it was like, you know, this is the protocol we do for somebody like this, but we have to make it work for you. Mm-hmm. And we have to figure out, you know, what are your likes? What are your dislikes? What are you willing to eat? What are you not mm-hmm. willing to eat? You know, you've got to take all these supplements. They may work for you. They may not work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still, it's still a work in progress. I am not like, okay, I'm done. Right. Like, you know, I still have some issues to work on with that. And that's the same thing with neurolinguistics. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am, I'm not perfect, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do think, you know, if I had just done just the NLP, I think I would have had great success, but I think it was the building blocks. I think it's what took me there that really yeah. catapulted my success. Yeah. Is this curious too, like if the, if kind of holding on to that trauma and I say trauma, no, not knowing at all, kind of what you went through, of course. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and, tra- and also just wanting to disclaim that trauma is very, it could be very relative, right. Just to the individual. And so, yeah. um, so I kind of put a big umbrella using the word trauma, but, right. um, you know, going through a trauma, like you're talking about, like from third trimester to seven years old and beyond when you're young, I talk about this a lot with clients. It's like you eat and do things for so many reasons because of your whole life. Right. And so to kind of tack on understanding the trauma that a person has gone through and how that physically shapes their body, it's curious how that may have like set your body up in the way that it did that, you know, even with these interventions of eating healthy, working out, doing the things that like scripted are supposed to work, um, did not like, it just goes to show that there are sometimes underlying things that need addressed. And I am such a fan of like digging into person's past to kind of work on that healing. I said, just don't think people give it enough credit of like why they might be I don't, I don't like to say stuck in a body. They're not like focusing on weight. Cause I don't like to focus on weight, but focusing right. on like, just not being comfortable, you know? Yeah. I think that just, I think that the whole thing is like, you, people don't, I find anyway, people resist getting uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. People don't want to show that vulnerable side. Um, And I think that, that fear of like, 
all the social media with like, oh, what is anybody going to think? What is this practitioner going to think of me if I let them know what really happened to me or what I've done or Mm -hmm. that kind of thing that they really resist it. But it's like every single time that they do, it's like a balloon that you let the air out of. And they're just like, like, there's so much to that. And I think letting yourself be vulnerable in a safe place with a safe person is invaluable. Totally. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, letting your ideas and what you want and really saying what you want and putting it out there and being vulnerable, being like, yeah, I I'm overweight or I'm underweight, or I really want to have a good love life or what, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is like really being vulnerable and saying, you know, I'm lonely or yeah. whatever your case may be is like, it's hard. And it's like, Oh, this is embarrassing. This is cringy. But the minute you do that and you get real with it and you're really like authentically you and be like, Hey, this happened to me. This is what I want. This is what I'm going after. You're so much better off being vulnerable and putting it out there. And I think Mm -hmm. that's maybe that's why we just don't see it. I feel like in the United States, as much as we see this type of work in the UK is I feel like we are always like, have to be like social media ready and Mm -hmm. on all the time and that kind of thing. So it was was hard for me to be vulnerable. It certainly was. I don't like to cry in front of people. I don't work, but I feel so much better now. Do you think that it's more or less common for people to understand that they have trauma? Like that they have to work on something like, cause we're kind of talking about like symptoms looking like feeling uncomfortable in your body, but like those, they can manifest in a lot of different ways. Right. So how would a person like, and a lot of times we shut down, we shut trauma out of our mind, right. And it could be like, just manifesting like like, you know, subconsciously, like yeah. really affecting us more often than not likely. So how do you, how does that kind of work? Like with people not really knowing if they have it or not, or what's the, what's the likelihood? I think that I think a lot of people have had something happen to them and it could be like, you know, some kid on the bus called me fatso and everybody mm-hmm. laughed. I don't, you know, I have a client who, you know, she was heavy set as a child and her parents said, everybody's allowed to have dessert except for you. You can't mm-hmm. have dessert. Mm-hmm. I had another client who her stepmom said, you don't get in any clothes until you lose weight. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. would you consider that a traumatic experience? I, I would. That is like, what? you know, but that's not, you know, that's not getting molested. That's, you know, there are, there are different levels, but I do think a lot of times people black that stuff out or they just go, it wasn't that big of a deal. It's, it was nothing. And it's like, no, that framed you, that made Mm -hmm. you who you were. And that made you act the way that you act or hold your body the way that you hold your body. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of people are probably more in denial of it than what they think. And that's why I think like the journaling aspect of it is so important because journaling is a brain dump. It doesn't have to be like, Oh, my life is so great. Totally. Yeah. Really not pretty. And the handwriting is horrible. Um, (laughs) But I think it's, it's more of like a brain dump. And the more you get that stuff out and you start thinking, you know, I've had aha moments where I'm like, I totally forgot that that happened to me. I need to ask my sister if she remembers that. And Mm -hmm. so you start to think those things and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. And that's why the deep dive with the NLP is so important. I've had almost every single woman I've worked with has said, I, A, I didn't even remember that that happened. That just came to me. And then B, they didn't even realize, you know, I'll say like, who do you think was the cause of this or who, you know, different questions that I asked. And they will say, 
I never thought of that. Like I never ever thought of it in that way or in that perspective. And mm-hmm. it's like, but when you say it to somebody on the outside, we can see it better because you're <laughs> in the box. You're in yeah. the box, so we don't see it, and we're on the outside, like looking in, like yeah, totally. Yeah, it's really interesting. I um, I guess like what would prompt a person then to seek the help like more so like if a, if people don't really understand that they need it i guess like what would be reasons that would like things that would manifest in their life that um that would be a reason to kind of seek this therapy based off their history, but not really, again, recognizing they don't really they even know, know, or they yeah. don't think it's a big deal, or that's not, that's not my issue or whatever. Yeah. It could be anything from like chronic pain, you know, like my, my oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be chronic pain. It could just be really uncomfortable. It could be that, um, like being, you know, introverted and maybe you, you so desperately want to make more mm-hmm. friends or do more things, but you're introverted. It could just be, you know, hating your body. Mm-hmm. It could be um, always in a bad mood. It could be just, just really just not enjoying life, like yeah. aspiring to do things and having desires and then just never doing them. And it's like, well, why do I have this procrastination? Mm-hmm. Why don't I do these things? Why mm-hmm. can't I depend on myself to make this happen? So, you know, lack of motivation, that's a huge one. Um, poor self-talk, no self-love. I mean, I've had women who have said, I, I essentially, I punish myself and I binge. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. okay, you know, that that's not healthy. So mm-hmm. it can be such an array of things. But if you, I guess the feeling that, you know, if, if you would ask those around me or like my husband or something, I always would say something's just not right. Hmm. Something mm. is just not right. I said that mm-hmm. for years. Something is just not right. Mm-hmm. And so if you're feeling like I'm just missing the mark, I'm just not happy enough. I'm just, I can't do this on my own, or I just don't love myself enough or, you know, anything that's less than stellar. It's like, well, maybe you just need help. You can't always yeah. be the smartest person in the room. And if you are, you have other Right. like, maybe I need more runs. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's always looking to those people who know a little bit more about that than you. Mm-hmm. So I um, have a couple questions. My mind's just like rolling right now. Yeah. Um, so first one, um, my sweetie kind of is a, is a very like, um, live in the moment, present kind of person, um, has, you know, had things in the past, not like stoked on like most of us and is kind of would be someone that would be reluctant to like dive in and kind of just more so not really find purpose in that, but more focus on future. Like, what are you in control of now? How can you move forward now? What would you say to someone like that in terms of, negating more or less the benefit from looking into the past, but also maybe recognizing sometimes that can be appropriate if that's the case. Like, what are your thoughts with that kind of mindset? Yeah. So, you know, if it's something like super, super traumatic, I'm not your girl. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about like the lighter stuff, Yeah. but I think that I really don't, this is just my, my honest belief. I just don't think you can, it's think about an arrow being shot back. You have to go back. Mm -hmm. to shoot forward. And so I really believe that 
you have to do the deep stuff and the the former stuff <clears throat> and the you know the reverse work before the the we go mm-hmm. forward work because as much as you know this person may not be interested in that or maybe just has a guard up and just mm-hmm. doesn't want to do that vulnerability stuff um it's kind of inevitable because you can go forward and you can get you can get far but I just don't think you can get as far as you would like unless you rewind mm-hmm. go back do the stuff and it's it's not pretty yeah it's not pretty that's why a lot of people don't want to do it it's yeah sucks. I've done so much therapy <laughs> in my life I love therapy right like yeah. if, uh, I think it's amazing uh maybe not all therapists are created equal or they're the right, right fit whatever it's like dating but like I um I have found a lot of benefit diving into my past more and more just to like understand myself more and more and that does seem like there's kind of this line of like okay, how much am I trying to fix with my past? And like, do I just kind of need to let it go? And how much can I just move forward and like recognize that's what happened? That's kind of why I do what I do and just kind of move on. Cause there's a lot of like regret and that kind of thing too, that I think pops up a lot of shame, guilt, um, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and I think you, you said something, it's not about, you're not fixing anything. There's nothing to fix. It's done. Mm. It's done. And that, you know, people have moved on or passed away or moved away mm-hmm. or whatever. It's not about fixing. It's just going, okay, here's my problem. See the problem. Nice problem. Mm. Letting it go. I'm putting it down. I'm not carrying it with me anymore. That's mm. all it is. It's I'm not trying to like go back and like, I need to call my uncle and like, mm. <laughs> you know, uh, and it, it's like, I kind of got into this work and very shortly after I got into this work, you know, my dad passed away. And so there was a lot of things that it's like, I knew he was going to pass away. It's like, do I say these things? Do I address this with him? He's very sick. And I asked my mentor, you know, do I, do I need to say this to my dad or can, like, do I need to like write him a letter or something? And she was like, no, hmm. no. What, I mean, he, he probably knows, he knows, and you know. And you've acknowledged it and you're deciding to let it go. And that's it. There's no, dad, you need to apologize to me for, you know, leaving us high and dry when I was five. And, you know, mm. so it's not about fixing any of it. And okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't, that, doesn't that lighten the load already? It does. It does. <laughs> it makes it more approachable. I think too, you know, I, like... I was definitely afraid. I was like, Oh no, I have to say, I have to tell my mom that I like, that this is kind of her, her fault, you know, uh, lately, but right, I, like, I, right. I can't, I can't do it. And I didn't want to say that to my dad when he was, you know, getting ready to die of pancreatic cancer. Right. So it's just like, write it in my journal. And, you know, you can write it and mm-hmm. write a letter to them. It's, mm-hmm. it's the, the letter that you never send. Put uh-huh. it in the fire pit. Yeah. You know, put it in the shredder and just get it out. That's a- mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, I think an extremely therapeutic method is like writing yeah. things down or writing letters. I have like, again, a lot of like regret from my past and have like so many people I want to write letters to and just kind of like say, I'm really sorry. But then I also have this mindset of like wanting to make up for it. And I think that there's get this like fault in that because it's like seeking forgiveness or something or seeking like validation in some way that I, I don't know, like 
making, I don't know, I guess, I guess it's kind of like a making up for it kind of thing. But um, ultimately, I ended up writing a handful of letters and hadn't sent it, but like, it felt really therapeutic. And I have a lot more but it's again, it's one of those things where it's like, do I just let it go or do I like continue I to? Think, I, I think if it's in you mm-hmm. and you feel that that urge to do it, then just do it. Don't fight it. Because there might yeah. be something different that you would say this time mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. new that's come to you with time or, you know, things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. and I don't, I think if you feel like you want that validation or you like want to, like how you said, make up for it that's something that I would say, okay, that's you running your process. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about why, why you always feel the need to like make up to things or, mm-hmm. you know, at, at seek external validation mm-hmm. because you should just be fine with your own internal validation. Totally. So that could be another thing that it's like, okay, well, if that's important to you, then I think that's something that we should dig into that then mm-hmm. because we all have regret. We all have shame. Like, yeah. you know, nobody's got a clean closet. Yeah. But um, I think just journaling, writing letters, you know, saying things out loud. Maybe you just do voice memos where you just say the things and just get it out of Mm -hmm. your physical body. Something you just said that um, stuck out to me was kind of the external versus internal motivation and how that may even be like a quote unquote symptom for folks to pursue this type of therapy. If the, if someone knows that they are constantly like pleasing others, trying to please others, seeking validation. I mean, I see it so much with folks trying to manipulate their bodies all the time. And, um, and, you know, I really work with folks trying to pursue healthier habits and feel better in the bodies that they are in. And, um, but I still see, I mean, so many, uh, like outlying variables and factors and and reasons that they seek external validation, or they get to a point where they thought that they would be more comfortable and not, you know, like in their bodies. And then they still are not, yeah. and they're still yeah. seeking. It's because so, there's, there's just deeper work that has to be done. Yeah. yeah. So that, that I think in and of itself would be something for folks to definitely take into consideration. Yeah. And if you think about it, I mean, that's all social media is external mm-hmm. validation look how many likes I got, look how many mm-hmm. shares I got, like whatever. And so it's like, if you're really basing a lot of your time and a lot of your energy on like social media and like likes and that kind of thing, if it's not business related, of course, if it's business sure. related, it's like, okay. But um, <laughs> when you are constantly obsessed with that, there's a deeper lying issue that we have mm-hmm. to, we've got to figure that out. Yeah. So interesting. Mm-hmm. So I have um a curiosity here around like contrasting this type of therapy with something like EMDR, right? So I did EMDR and, um, I always forget electromagnetic something, something. I've heard of it. I I, I something. Okay. I can't remember, but it's, it's trauma based and they like hook up electrodes and they're kind of like connecting different, the different hemispheres of your brain. And there's like to connect different neural pathways and you go deep into essentially your past. And it was really, really interesting to me. And it was, um, challenging. I probably had some of the biggest breakthroughs I did with EMDR, but, um, what would you say is like 
the difference between this and, and maybe a general therapist or something, like, how would you contrast the approach or, or not like, or define similarities and stuff too? Like, yeah, I think, I mean, if it's just that you want someone to talk to mm-hmm. like NLP is we're trying to get to the root of a problem. Like mm-hmm. we're trying to dig in the garden, pull this weed up and dig and dig and dig until we get to the base of this thing, the bulb at the end and go look at this thing throw it in the wheelbarrow and then dump it in the garbage. Mm -hmm. We do not in NLP, we do not deal with extremely traumatic events. Um, That's your case where it's like something extremely traumatic happened to Mm. you. That is above me. I'm not afraid to say it. You know, the, the, the education that like a counselor or a therapist or whatever has is, is above me. I'm just dealing with more like medium to light wavelength things. Um, but I think this is, it sounds very similar to EMDR. I've had a couple of people who said that they did it, but mm-hmm. I never, honestly, I never really knew what it was. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. It's, it's hard though. And it's, was one of those, um, I don't know, like techniques where, if I hadn't been practiced in meditation, it would have been extremely challenging to dive in the way that like they kind of want you to, because it takes a little, a, a deeper focus. It's, it's pretty yes. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've had some people that I've, some ladies that I've worked with who are just, I think more linear people. They're just more, I, that's why I hate like woo woo, but it's like, you have to really get into yourself and really, yeah. and I think when you, when you meditate, you do get to a deeper level of self. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, it was fine. I've done, you know, meditation as well, but for these people who don't and who aren't on that, like vibration or that wavelength, so to speak, it's tougher than like, they always, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know mm-hmm. where, where are you talking about my past? What direction yeah. my past is in? It's like, well, if you did, what would it be like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, it does take those who are not accustomed to that. It, it's harder for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I feel like everybody that should be like a, a national pastime is like five minutes of meditation every day. Mm-hmm. I think we would be a better country for it. Uh-huh. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I think something that's really not real understood with meditation is like, so I use headspace. Are you familiar with that? Oh, app? Yeah. Yeah. Oh the best andy andy and i we've been homies for a really long time it's been so wonderful (laughs) but they um i love that app because they it teaches you other techniques to apply and they reiterate that like you're meditating now to get connected now for sure Mm -hmm. but like ultimately this is to be practiced as much as possible throughout the day right Mm -hmm. um getting having skills to you know, mitigate reactions and traffic and like, and with other people. And I think that, so that, and I did a lot of dialectic behavioral therapy through, um, through some treatment that I've gone through and the skills there compounded, I think are just so profound with like working on being mindful and, uh, like interpersonal effectiveness, emotional regulation and, Let's see. I think there's a couple other with the modules with DBT, but I mean, overall, it's just, it is a practice to be applied throughout 
life. And it, I think it's gotten so catchy, you know, trendy yeah. now yeah. that it's yeah, like, absolutely. it's almost like yoga. It's like, it like lost its, it's rooted, um, a purpose and value. And it's like, no, it's not just like to sit down for five, 10 minutes and close your eyes and not do anything. It's like, this is to truly shift your physiology, your stress response on um, throughout the rest of the day. And, um, anyways, I think it, that it just make it, I think it just makes you so much more self-aware mm-hmm. just in space yeah. in general. Like, you know, we've all been like the person in a car in a parking lot, walking behind the person who's just like, La, 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 not paying attention but it's just like it just makes you more just aware of just yourself in space mm-hmm. totally totally you're talking about like uh, finding a problem seeing the problem letting it go and that's like um a dbt skill it's called teflon mind mm. so it's like you know the thing like te- thinking about teflon yeah. like the yeah some pans and things slickness um so it's just kind of like yeah, it comes you see it you recognize it, you let it go. And it's, um, it's a, it's really helpful just again, and kind of creating that acuity around your own recognition of your thought patterns. And mm-hmm. cause I think that that's one of the first interventions that a person can kind of have when trying to attempt behavioral change, right. Instead of exactly. acting impulsively, reactively, you know, it's like noticing what's happening in the mind, kind of recognizing it, letting it go, just like acknowledging it, right? First thing, exactly. just acknowledge it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent. And I, I used to be far more impulsive than I am now. It's definitely taken a lot of work on my part, but um, yeah, it, it really does take to be like, okay, stop. You're, you're allowed to say, Hey, can I have a minute? You're, you're mm-hmm. actually allowed to do that. <laughs> it's yeah. not like illegal or anything. Yeah, <laughs> um, totally. I would have never thought of before, but it's like, yeah, it's just, and they say, I think my, my meditation teacher, um, had said this like statistic that was like your prefrontal cortex, which is like your emotional, your like your emotion hub isn't fully developed. They're saying now until the age of 26. Mm. So if you have a young person who is like emotionally unregulated, they actually, their prefrontal cortex depends on the prefrontal cortex of the adult that they're with. Oh, interesting. I didn't even think about. Yeah. Yeah, She told the story of like her teenage daughter was having anxiety, a big fight with her friend or whatever it was. And she just went in her daughter's room and just sat and just did meditative breathing. Didn't say a word to her daughter and her daughter calmed down. And she took like 10 minutes and she said, you good? Her daughter said, yep. She walked out. Wow. So if we didn't have that as young people, we really need to be that for the young people now, like mm-hmm. our children, but I have nieces and nephews. So you have to be that, that calm in the storm for somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how hard in this world. <laughs> I, don't know. I, just, oh, I know. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know. <laughs> the amount of stimuli and the chaos that is, I don't know, but so I do appreciate the, these like, um, you know, methodologies that come up, the techniques, the, the therapies, the other types of interventions, I think, you know, especially when we've kind of, we missed the boat, <laughs> like it's, it's many generations kind of missed the boat with applying these types of skills. Um, yeah. 
we need the interventions, but I also hope that there are ways to work on the preventative nature of needing them so, so much. Right. Um, right. So, yeah. And I think a lot of people are like, I don't want to see a therapist. So like they're quack or it's going to take up too much of my time or whatever. And it's like, you know, something like this, we can make this go as, as fast as you want. You know, we could do a couple sessions a week or we can Mm -hmm. just meet weekly, bi-weekly, you know, do it at your own pace, but it doesn't have to be this person giving you crazy life advice. I'm actually probably not going to give you much advice. I'm going to give you tasks to do that are geared towards what you want out of this, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to tell you what to do or to stay with your spouse or yeah, that's, that's really another difference of it. So, (laughs) yeah. Gotcha. Well, anything that you want to add uh, before we kind of close up here? Oh, good question. I think be open. You know, if you are thinking that you might want to try something like this with myself or another like neurolinguistic practitioner, stay open to it. You are thinking about it for a reason. Mm-hmm. You were brought to this thought process for a reason. And just because one person, one coach, you know, for whatever it is, I just happen to work with like women and body improvement, whatever mm-hmm. that means for them. Uh, just because one person tells you to do it this way, it doesn't mean it's the only way. Some people like to do keto. Some people like to do carnivore. Some people like to do paleo or vegetarian, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not a one size fits all. And either is any of the methodologies, methodologies that, you know, we've talked about. It's about trying things and being open to it and just going, you know, I'm thinking about this for a reason. Why is this coming up for me? why does this keep coming up for me? Or why do the same problems keep happening? Why do I keep picking the wrong person, the wrong spouse, the wrong partner? Why do I keep trying these diets and they never work? It's coming up to you for a reason. It's because you have a deeper lying reason that needs to be resolved for you to get past this. Yeah. So if you can keep those things in mind and have just like a beginner's mindset about everything, you don't know everything. I don't know everything. But if we work together, we can probably figure a lot of stuff out. Totally. There's not really like a downside, I would say to like exploring a little bit more about yourself. Right. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think it it helps you in, it has helped me in so many more facets of my life than I ever thought. Mm -hmm. Just being more calm, not being as impulsive and just kind of reining things in, in in a bunch of different facets of my life. But What's the downside of that? You might be uncomfortable for a session or two where you're crying or thinking mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, did this happen to me? It's temporary. This too shall pass. Yeah. But it's like what you've been doing is not working. So yeah. why why not do this and just be like, let's just give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I love it. Marcy, where can people find you? Yeah. My website is just plain and simple, marcybowman.com. And my Instagram is the underscore Marcy Bowman underscore method. And you can private message me there. You can go on my website and you can email me or just book a discovery call with me. And yeah, that's it. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a very enjoyable conversation for me and got my wheels spinning a lot. So really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for listening today. If you found this information valuable, please share this episode and give it a review. They truly help a ton. 
If you want additional support and information, you can head over to my website, teresemartinezrd.com, where you can snag my free guide on how to improve your hunger signals, get on my email list for regular juicy content, or apply for the next round of my signature program, Restoring Nutrition Intuition. Otherwise, Instagram at Therese Martinez RD or my Facebook group Fed Fit and Fad Free Nutrition with Therese are always places for more content and support. Until next time. <laughs>